Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, Chris Schubert's producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network. And Kyle, man, we got some meaty stuff to dig into today. We recently tiered the AFC quarterbacks. Today, the NFC is put into the spotlight as we rank and tier the passers in the NFC. What's going on, dude? This is going to get ugly because uh, the NFC, the AFC was interesting because we had four, potentially five quarterbacks that you could make an argument or a case for being in the top tier. And I don't think that we're going to have that kind of demand at the top today. <laughs> and I haven't cross-checked my notes with yours, but what that in turn then does is it creates a much more jumbled, muddy, chaotic mess of what the rest of the tiers look like. So there's like this waterfall effect that's running down that we're, we're going to have to work our way through and negotiate. And I'm really glad we didn't compare notes because now we get a chance to in real time for all of our friends listening, uh, kind of suss out where each one of our individual rankings and tiers goes because Lord knows the, the AFC side of things, there was definitely no controversy. We definitely did, didn't get any angry tweets uh, in regards mm. to how, who we had ranked in certain tiers. Mm. Wow, that's a good point. And not that I want to disclose everything right now, but I have a Don't. certain player that I bet you through the same logic of that guy that yelled at us, I'm going to piss somebody off with Ooh. the way I have something tiered because Joe's got a little if spice. That, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Cal, I'm really interested in how we tier this and then think about the first round of the NFL draft and like do we see this massive influx right. of quarterback talent go to the NFC? Like, is there suddenly four first round quarterbacks and three of them go to the NFC? Because quite honestly, it, <laughs> it might need to happen, but uh we're gonna dig into the weeds here and look at this. NFC quarterback situation and uh, separate the the cream from the crop. So I guess let's let's dive right into this, Joe. And as a reminder, anybody who's listening, if you have your complaints, please send them to at Shoe Radio on Twitter. Uh, he will pull all of your complaints, uh, read them, and then proceed to not tell us what they are. So, uh, but we would very much prefer <laughs> you for. <laughs> for any exceptions that you choose to take with the tiering, which we're going to do on the NFC side of things. And Joe, tier one, let's classify these as the elite quarterbacks on the NFC side. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that we are classifying elite based on caliber of play and not necessarily how many fantasy points they're producing for your fantasy team. <laughs> That's a great way to put it, Kyle. And well, um, I know we, 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 we've got two really dynamic fantasy quarterbacks who were high-level QB oh. ones from a fantasy football perspective in the <laughs> NFC. 
And if that yes. is factored into your expectations on where these guys are going to land, I would kindly ask you to reconsider or hang up and come back tomorrow and try listening again. So, <laughs> right, listen, this is our ratings. In the this is our rankings anyways. Like you came and listened to this because you wanted to hear our take on the rankings and they probably won't line up with yours. Might me and Kyle probably won't agree just like we didn't with the AFC. So let's right, uh let's fight. let let's work through it. Let's work through it. Let's give our reasons. What's it's rooted in sound process and have some fun here talking about the NFC quarterbacks. You said you want to go with the elite tier? Yes, the elite All cream right. of the crop. I got two guys. I got two guys, Kyle. I I've oh, got let's a few. Let's go. Same, let's go. They're going to be the same two. Does one of them's name begin with A and end with Aaron? <laughs> yes. Yep, that's one of them. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback, Green Bay Packers, two-time defending NFL MVP. Yeah. In the elite tier. Lock it in. Now, what he looks like without Devontae Adams is a conversation for, oh, I don't know, like 10 months from now. All we know is what he's performed at right now. And any if you win the MVP two times in a row and you're getting paid fifty million dollars, you are clearly an elite player. Done. The other one we almost didn't have, and that's an assumption right. on my part because I don't know who your number two is, but I would assume Ooh. that Tom Brady is an elite quarterback for you as well because that's my second elite quarterback. He is, but I would have them ordered differently. I have Tom above Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, you can order them. What it, I, I'm not giving you the order that we are because that was another well, thing we got yelled at on the AFC side of things. It was like <laughs> unbelievable that you would list so-and-so last in the tier two quarterbacks. And I said, well, if you go back and check the tape at the very beginning, and I'm glad this came up, you can list them in any order within the tier, and I wouldn't have an argument to have for you. You can list them in whatever order you want. I just want them in the right buckets. So, Joe, so when you said, you're, you, when you said you're number two, when you said your number two, you meant who was the second? Who was the other guy in Correct. this tier? Not necessarily. Correct. Yeah. All right. So all let's right. let's I, defend I, ourselves from all the angry tweets. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. When I said number two, it was my two of two. It was not my second ranked quarterback. Why do you hate Tom Chris, Brady so much, Kyle? I didn't even. I oh. I couldn't tell you if I had to pick who I would put at one right now anyway because I haven't had to think about it. You just knew they were in the same tier. I respect the hell out of that. Because you know there's nothing right. I hate more than splitting hairs over the elite tiers right. of it's just it's nonsense because the situations are always different. Things matter. Kyle, what do you what do you think Aaron Rodgers thinks about not having Devontae Adams? What I mean um, we haven't really talked about that. Would you be happy? I wouldn't be happy. I would want to know what the plan is. And apparently the team <laughs> Well, how much of that's one of the how much of right. that's his own fault, right? He took like a contract that pays him an astronomical amount of money that, per, you know, was prohibitive to adding more talent to the roster. It's a little bit his fault that he's not having Devontae Adams. Is that fair to say? Yes, but anytime you sign a $50 million, and we talked about this, what was it, last week or the week before? It's not a coincidence that the two premier wide receivers that got traded this offseason or player, you can even include Amari Cooper in this. Three high-level wide receivers were traded because the teams couldn't afford to keep them, all in part because Dak Prescott got $40 million per, Pat Mahomes got 
50 million per and Aaron Rodgers got 50 million per. What? Let's throw another name in there. Yeah. You want to throw Amari Cooper in there. I want to throw Robert Woods in there. Same situation. Mm. Matthew Stafford just got his new mega deal. So you have four quarterbacks on mega deals that just lost, you know, for Woods, obviously cups, their their wide receiver one, but still a very meaningful piece of that offense. So the point being they've had to ship off, you know, their, their top receiving options. Hold on now. I got our friends over at spot track pulled up and I have Aaron Rodgers' career earnings by season. Do you know how much cash Aaron Rodgers was paid last year? 40 million. It was approximately 22 and a half million dollars in cash last year. You know how many millions of dollars Aaron Rodgers got paid in 2020? And this is not a sob story for millionaire athletes. This is just relative to the quarterback market and how much cash Aaron Rodgers has been getting paid. You know how much cash got Aaron Rodgers got in 2020? Uh, no, I don't. $21.5 million. You know how much cash Aaron Rodgers got in 2019? I don't. $15 million. That's the last three years of earnings for Aaron Rodgers. Let's not act like he's been raking the Packers over the coals and collecting Brinks trucks full of cash backed up to his front yard and just dropping the money bags in my driveway every year. So, yeah, Aaron's won two MVPs in the last three years combined, and for his services the last three years, has gotten like $57 million combined. Okay, I think he had a reasonable chance to say, hey, this is the last hurrah. Like, I'd like to be compensated like a two-time defending NFL MVP. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Now, the side effect is that side effect is Devontae Adams is no longer going to be on the team, but Devontae Adams also wanted a market setting contract as well. And he had it for all of what, two weeks? (laughs) Devontae Adams was very clear and outspoken about the the desire that he didn't want to leave a dollar behind, right? There wasn't a dollar he wanted to leave behind. So you have Aaron Rodgers who had the ultimate case to get paid every dollar, right? Like, I mean, consecutive NFL MVPs, that's a big, big deal. And Devontae Adams, you know, who wanted every dollar. And, and, you know, sometimes that's prohibitive to have on the same team. You know, when you're talking about investing, I mean, what would that be combined? What would that be combined if you had Adams and Rodgers under their cap hits this year? I mean, well, Rodgers, I mean, just from a cash perspective, his cash this year is $42 million. And oh, Devontae man. had a big signing bonus. Yeah, I mean, you're... You're talking close to 40% of the cap in two players. You can't do it, right? Right. And that's 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 the price you pay. So it'll be interesting to see what the blowback is for Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think there's any world in any realm in which you can sit here and not pay. I know, you know Aaron, as far as uh, the Pat McAfee appearances and stuff like that, like there's people that are like, okay, Aaron, just like, just stop, just play football, right? Like, and that's fine. But I don't think there's, no matter how much he annoys you, there's no realm of possibility which you can walk out of an honest conversation about who the top quarterbacks are in the NFC and not put Aaron Rodgers 1A or 1B on the list alongside Tom Brady. And we'll, you know, we're going to move on. We got other tiers to get to, but I really honestly, yeah, I honestly couldn't get myself to even think about bringing another quarterback into this tier. Nope. Are there are guys that could get there. 
There's guys that have a, you know, have had great careers. They're awesome quarterbacks. But there was no other NFC quarterback that I thought came close to earning a seat at this table. I'm guessing you feel the same no. way. I, I wholeheartedly agree the same way. And one of the tier two quarterbacks is probably my favorite quarterback in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest, the accolades and the performance, it's not on the air of these two all timers because like, yeah, we're going to continue to see a changing of, of the guard at quarterbacks in, in the NFL in general. Uh, but Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are like all timers. So Kyle, we spent a ton of time there in the elite tier, the cream of the crop, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they're the best quarterbacks in the NFC. I don't think there's we much of talk a, about something. Yeah, there's not much of a conversation to be had. Those guys are the best. Now, the next tier is where things get pretty fascinating. And I have a lot more tiers overall in this NFC. I don't think this one's interesting See, either. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. Do you? So I okay, how many players do you have in this next tier? Three. All right, so it is interesting because I only think two deserve to be in this tier. Okay, we're going to have our first fight, and I'm looking for – I know who your two are, too. You you sold low on a young quarterback, and I understand why you did it. And he's he's going to be in it for you, huh? All right. Yes, he is. He is. So let's let's start with the good. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Just won a Super Bowl yep. with the Los Angeles Rams. I would assume he's one of your two tier two quarterbacks, correct? Yeah, no question about it. Even with Detroit, I mean, this guy's production has been phenomenal. You know, it's just been the right scenario for him to be the best version of himself. And obviously that finally happened with the Rams. But like, I still think Detroit Matthew Stafford is is a really good quarterback. You know, like the Rams year kind of cemented his status here, but he was always knocking on this doorstep. We finally got to see the best version of him last year. Well, and the question with Matt Stafford in Detroit was never how is, is he good or not? It was, can he win big games? Right. And magically you put him in LA where there's elite town around him and you can play complimentary football and, he puts together the clutch drive uh, going after Cooper Cup. Obviously, he hits Cooper Cup on the big throw against Tampa Bay in the divisional round. Like, big throws in every game, right? The, the San Francisco game was a bit of a struggle, but they they kind of broke through against San Francisco and, and another big play late in that game. So Stafford delivered big throws in each of the final three games. Yeah. So, you know, I agree with you. That cemented his status as a – upper echelon quarterback in the NFC. I agree with you. He's always been here. But the question was not the talent of Matt Stafford. It was, well, how does he handle pressure and how does he handle big games? Well, he passed that question with flying colors this year. Well, it's funny how the scenario around you, the coaching, the defense, the talent, like, yeah, oh, wow, all of a sudden Matthew Stafford's better in big games, right? Like that right, speaks to what we talk about all the time and that the context and scenario environment matters so much for a quarterback and their ability to execute, including top-tier players like a Matthew Stafford. So you but know that is, you have is, a play. You have a player in this tier that I don't. All right. So yep. I want to pin this back on you to introduce the next name that you feel like 
we ex- we both have that is common to both of our tier two NFC quarterbacks. It's Dakota Rain Prescott, of course. It absolutely is. And Chris, since I know you're doing the bookkeeping here, go ahead and put Dakota Rain Prescott in front of Matthew Stafford on my tab on the tier maker sheet. This is the player I was referencing is is probably my favorite quarterback in the NFC, Dak Prescott. Um, his evolution as a player has been so fun to watch where he came into Dallas and he was very much this game manager who they had training wheels on and they leaned on Zeke Elliott and running the football and all that jazz. And over the course of his tenure as a starting quarterback, he has evolved into the identity of the Dallas offense. He is the catalyst. He has become a much more nuanced player. He's one of my favorite stories and pathways since we've been doing scouting uh, from college football into the NFL to know what he was before his senior season at Mississippi State to what he was his senior year at Mississippi State to what he was as a rookie in the NFL to what he is today. The evolution has been so fun to watch. And I think you know the, the question that Dak gets is in regards to postseason play, right? And not too dissimilar from what Matt Stafford faced when he was in Detroit, but obviously Dallas is amplified because of the team that he's playing for. Dak Prescott, for me, is unquestionably a top eight quarterback in the NFL in its entirety. And I wouldn't put him on the same tier as the two names we put in tier one, but he might be my favorite quarterback to watch play. So Kyle... I, I love Dak Prescott as well, firmly in this category. Um, I'm interested in you maybe expanding a little bit more on the concerns that exist with Dak Prescott and some of the criticisms that uh, it sounds like maybe maybe from the playoffs and things like that. Like, How much of that do you pin on Dak? How much of that is some of the management of those scenarios from the coaching staff that kind of took away from his opportunities to – deliver in those big moments i'm kind of curious how you would distribute that and like if you took dak if you put dak on the rams i mean does that team that that team wins the super bowl right it's the same thing with with stafford is correct is he allowed to be the best version of dak prescott in dallas based on the way things have been to this point um well i think what's interesting is as I, i kind of alluded to his evolution as a player has steadily increased And he has become, think about the Dallas team in 2020 before Dak got hurt. How bad was that defense? Oh, Dak Prescott is awful. He carried that team. Yeah. Four, four and a half games through for almost 1900 yards in four and a half games and was two and three as a starter that year. And that Cowboys (laughs) defense in those five games that they played, I mean, they finished the year six and 10. They gave up. 20 points in the season opener. Then they gave up 39, 38, 49, and 34. In Dak's five games that year. So, yeah, I mean, that that really doesn't address your question as it pertains to Dak and his postseason play. But I just think about, you know, the 2019 version of Dak was 8 and 8. He threw for almost 5,000 yards with 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I don't know statistics is only going to carry you so far. But Dak, for his career, for his career, has 
one of my favorite measures and metrics of quarterback production is adjusted yards per attempt. It accounts for um, throwaways. It accounts for, I believe, sacks. It, it can really uh, turnovers. It, can, it contextualizes your efficiency on a per pass attempt basis. His adjusted yards per attempt is 7.9 for his career. Yeah, that's across phenomenal. Across almost 2,900 attempts. So from an efficiency, 143 – I mean, you want, you want to water it down and make it a very elementary touchdown-interception ratio, 143 passing touchdowns to 50 interceptions. So he is, oh, by the way, very mobile as quarterback. He's 25 career rushing touchdowns as well. So – He's a dual threat player. Um, yes, I think it's it's fair to ask the question of uh, Dak coming through in the clutch versus Dak doing what he can in an environment around him. They've had some bad breaks in the postseason um, this past year as well. The um, the loss to San Francisco with the play call to run and not running out of time before you could try and clock and get in a position to run the one additional play. Uh, but they called a really, really crappy game. And if we're being honest, the Dallas offense did. San Francisco dictated the, the pace of play uh, the effectively the entire game. So, I mean, 2016 is rookie season. They put up 31 points and lost to Green Bay. Then they lost... 30 to 22 in 2018 to the Rams on the road. They were coached horribly this year with coach McCarthy. So I don't know. Um, Dallas's kind of postseason drought, I think taints what Dak has been able to do to this point in his career. So you have a player in this category. I'm done. That's it for me. Tier two, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott. Kyle's got, is Kyler it your Murray. first name, but with an R at the end? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Kyler Murray, quarterback, Arizona Cardinals. And the thought process is the same same one that was applied to the AFC side of things when the question is, if I'm an opposing defensive coordinator, who do I lose sleep over trying to game plan against? And Kyler's been kind of hit or miss. And late in the year, there's been um, a fall off in play. But you want to ask about a coaching staff and an environment around him mm. that I understand it's been tailored and exactly to what Kyler does well with Cliff Kingsbury and his offense, and you tailored your offense to your quarterback, and it should be that way. But the trends of Cliff Kingsbury to coach in every year and every stop he's ever had in his entire career has been, yeah, we're going to be really good in the first half of the year. We're gonna, the wheels are going to absolutely positively fall off the bus late in the year. And it happened again in Arizona this year. But I just think from a physical skill set, Kyler, the explosiveness that he has in his arm, the explosiveness that he has as a runner. I know your team played Arizona in 2020. My team played Arizona in 2020. How many times did like you're like, oh, we got him boxed in. We got him. And then like he's out of the pocket and he's making some crazy stuff happen. I just think that that intangible factor that he provides with how athletic he is and how good his arm is even when he's on the move, separates him from the guys that would put in the tier three bucket. All right, so he's in your tier two. He's not in my tier two. And I, I would recognize that, <clears throat> excuse me, some of those issues. And 
Arizona have been prohibitive for him to play his best football. But I also feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look, if you want to talk about physical skill, he's tier one, right? He's got the, he's probably got the, the, he's the best combination Basketball of tools. arm talent and, yeah. and, 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 and mobility in the, yeah, he is that for sure. I, I just, I feel like there are limiting factors that he brings to the table based on his ability to see the entire field and be consistent within structure. I think he invites a lot of chaos and he wins off of that. And I feel like there is just a lot of specificity to the way that he's going to be able to execute at a high level in the NFL. So Joe, I'm going to operate into the assumption that you do have Kyler Murray in tier three. I don't think we would be two tiers off on a player. Can you let me know if that is an accurate statement or not? Okay. Firmly there in tier three, you could win because of him, but I think you're always going to have a little bit of caveat to it. Okay. And, and I think the biggest thing for Kyler moving forward is a little bit of the maturation, right? And there, there's questions there about how he's handled adversity and the body language. And we all know the viral moment where Russell Wilson's on the broadcast and is like, hey, if I'm Kyler, I'm going up and down the sideline on the Manning cast. And I'm getting all my guys jazzed up and saying, guys, it's possible. And then the camera cuts to Kyler and it's uh, like the curb your enthusiasm. He's sitting there all by bad body language, sitting on the bench all by himself. So I get it. <laughs> My question for you is what other how many other quarterbacks do you have in tier three alongside Kyler Murray? One. Oh, that's it. One. I think I know who this is. Joe's just going to have right. eight tiers of two quarterbacks. He's put two quarterbacks right. in every bucket. He's just going to have eight <laughs> tiers by the time. Well, they're done. so weird in the NFC. It's like I, I couldn't lump them all together with each other. So, well, and if it's who I think it is, I understand why Joe compartmentalized this as a hard stop. Is it, does he wear purple? He does. There's a horn okay, go, on his Go right ahead. Matt. Go, go Kirk right ahead. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think, and that's what I thought about. Like, it's, these are the two quarterbacks here that I think, yeah, I think you can win because of them in some ways, but there's always going to be those limiting factors about them. And, you know, obviously Kirk's had a lot of production and I respect that. And I think he does a good job of finding completions and, you know, is a really sound player. But I think your remainder of team has to be at a certain level for you to actually go on meaningful postseason runs with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. And so while the caveats are different between Kyler and Kirk, I lump them together in the same bucket because I I look at them through the same lens of, hey, this is a good player. They can do some really good things for you, but there also has to be other things in place for you to really actually have team success with those two passers. Joe, what would you do if I told you Kirk Cousins was the only quarterback I had in tier three? <laughs> he's, your, he's just your own guy just chilling right there? Yeah, he's he's. I wouldn't put him because of the physical skill set or the accolades of the guys I had in tier two. I couldn't put him with that group. But when you start looking behind him, and who some of the other guys are. <laughs> There's a I couldn't put him with those guys either. So he he had to stand by himself. So the, the, to this point through the first three tiers, the only dividing factor that we really have is I wanted to buy in more for Kyler because of his physical skill set as compared to you. And that's it. So how many remaining tiers do you have? I have two that you could technically break out into three based on inexperience of certain players. Yeah, I have I have three remaining tiers, and I do feel like 
If I had to make it two, I could, but I don't really want to. Okay, well, let's let's start down the path. Let's start tier four. Uh, the best option in your mind amongst your tier four quarterbacks to serve as a starting quarterback is Hoomst. Well, let me say this about my tier four quarterbacks. These are some players in this category that have had some level of success in the NFL, but I feel like you're always going to be looking to upgrade from. All right. So this is that's my probably little, a my good, bucket. That, this is a good way to frame this bucket. You can, my you guy, can win with them, but it's with limitations, and those limitations are probably always going to want you right getting a better option so you don't have to deal with limitations. Right. So not quite in the Kirk Cousins planet or wrong down the ladder. My, I guess my favorite guy in this bucket is Jimmy Garoppolo. That is the correct answer. Yes. All right. Like reasonable player. You can win with him. He's going to limit you in some ways. Hope the run game's good. Hope you can play some defense. He's been to some big moments, man. He's been to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship as a starting quarterback. Right. You know, he <laughs> came up, came up empty in both spots and respectfully, if they didn't block the punt against green Bay this year, they don't go to the NFC championship game. Correct. Correct. And the offense, that's was, why those ancillary war. factors are, are always going to matter a right. lot when Jimmy Gotta G's your quarterback. Complimentary football. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, would it, would it be fair for me to say Carson Wentz is also in this tier? Ooh, man, no, he's not in this tier. He's in it. He's in it for me. He's in it for me. Wentz has really good stretches of play and then really, really bad, like WTF moments. And I get they lost the last two games and I get he's on his third team in three years. And Jim Ursay had the real cryptic comments about talking to vets on the team. And this was a mistake we had to remedy and all that jazz, and I get it. <laughs> but if you're looking at the other, if if you're willing to put Jimmy Garoppolo in this bucket, yeah, like Carson Wentz, the only complimentary football environment he's been in, he had a winning season in Indianapolis that they completely fell apart at the end of the year, and I recognize that, but they were in the playoff hunt until week 18, and they went, to a Super Bowl, and he played MVP caliber football with Philadelphia. And then he made the playoffs again in Philadelphia. So, like, you've won enough with Carson Wentz amidst of the concerns that exist here that if you if that's the argument for Jimmy G is, like, have complimentary football, you'll be okay. I have to put Carson in the same bucket. I respect your process. Here's where I, I don't disagree with a single thing that you that you said. Well, apparently you do. But what? No, no. The reason I have Wentz in a different category is because the entire 2020 season with the Eagles, he was not playable, right? Like he was awful. And then down the stretch for Indianapolis this past year, he was also not playable. So for like meaningful chunks of the last two seasons, this guy has played a level that destroyed your football team and those teams moved on see, from did you not see how many 
picks San Francisco gave up for Jimmy G and how many near intercept backbreaking interceptions he almost threw in the playoffs. I'm that fully just aware. Catch. Okay. I'm fully That's aware. exactly I just my have, point. I have more respect for what his team's been able to get done with him at quarterback recently course, than what I've seen from Carson. they have a better Carson. overall team. You can't punish Carson for that. Mm, Carson's throwing I don't, Tom, Dick, and Harry a no, wide receiver in Indianapolis this past year. The same Tom, Dick, and Jimmy Harry. Jimmy G's got Debo Samuel gets 10 and a half yards after catch per catch for the year. Phillip Rivers got that team to the playoffs with the same Tom, Dick, and Harry at, at receiver. He was the sole reason in plurality why the Colts couldn't finish the job last year. Fine. We will not agree on the 49ers are reluctant to get rid of Jimmy G right now. The Colts came out and said, guys, we can't keep him. I've never seen anything like it. Have you, have you ever seen an organization? To get rid of Jimmy G, but they were so desperate to replace him. They traded three draft classes to go up and get the replacement. (laughs) Shocking that their FCS quarterback that started for one year isn't quite ready to play. Wow. I'm shocked. All right. So anyway, (laughs) Who else is in your tier four? I thought for sure you'd have Wentz in this bucket. I'm uh, glad, although, it. to be fair, I'm glad we didn't stay chalk all the way through because that would have got boring. No. Uh, I have two other players in this tier. Their names are Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts. So this tier is Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared mm. Goff, Jalen Hurts. Okay, so I also have Jared Goff in this tier. I also have Jalen Hurts in this tier. I also have Jameis Winston in this tier. Thought about it. I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, with how well he played when he was healthy for New Orleans yeah. this past year, and him obviously being the number one overall pick and the, the production, the raw passing production he had under Arians, obviously the raw production <laughs> of turnover was something yeah. that you want to define playing with a player with limitations. You think about James's turnovers, uh, that certainly factors into the equation. Uh, but I had. All the quarterbacks that you did, but I also put Carson Wentz and Jameis Winston into this tier. See, it's a five-person tier for you, where it's a a three for me. It's a crowded bucket. Okay, so I feel like it's probably appropriate for me to talk about my tier. So I have the Jimmy G, Jared Goff, Jalen Hurts line. Hello, Jameis Winston. Hello, Carson Wentz. Also, for me, Marcus Mariota. Okay, so you had a tier, your tier five is two of the quarterbacks I had in tier four, but also Marcus Mariota. That's right. Okay. Mariota is one of the players that is in my final tier, which I will call tier five. So would you like to talk about Mariota? It's for anybody who's listening, it's really fun watching Chris's panicked eyes scrambling back and forth as he's trying to take inventory on what quarterbacks we are saying is in what buckets. And I just wanted to paint that picture for everybody listening because we're watching him just like frantically, his eyes are moving his hand. You could tell his hands moving on the mouse. He's having a time. So Chris, are you all caught up? So I have two tier maker lists open and I'm doing it in real time. Now the problem is there's just pictures of these guys. So you say a name and I'm scanning through the pictures and I'm like, okay, find the guy. 
Well, I will tell you what just happened. You both named Marcus Mariota. He's not in the list. He's not an option. Oh, no. So that was me frantically. So Derek Derek Carr is a placeholder for Marcus Mariota because that was the team he played for last year. So Derek is, is currently holding the spot for Marcus until I can figure this out. In the middle of the show, I switched to another list because I didn't have some players. Well, now I, there are some more players missing. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a disaster here, but we are working through it. And yes, we're all caught up. Okay, very good. Uh, so, should we talk Mariota or should we talk? I mean, he's, he's really the only. What do we, we know about Mariota? Nothing. That's what's hard. Yeah, that's what's hard about Mariota is like the last time we saw him, he was like really struggling with Tennessee to the point where Ryan had no choice but to turn to Ryan Tannehill, who came in and was like a million times better in that offense. And I don't think either one of us thinks super highly of, of, of Ryan Tannehill. And so this is one of those situations where out of sight, out of mind, you kind of like, you kind of cling to the things you appreciate about the player and, you know, you forget about well, some the of the bad. They had and, like this little sub package for him yeah, where they let him run the strange. ball and do their option stuff with him. And it's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, he's he's pretty proficient at that. And it's like, yeah, of course he is. Because it's like this little mini role of like five plays packaged to him and he doesn't have to worry about all the other stuff. And now he's going to Atlanta, which is a bottom, at the Atlanta Falcons are a bottom blank roster in the NFL on offense. Five for sure, maybe. Oh, offense! Like uh, offense. Their offensive line has some redeeming qualities. It's it's bottom five though. Yeah, it's bottom five. It's bottom. No questions asked. You don't have Calvin Ridley, right? You so you have Kyle Pitts and what else offensively to throw the ball to? Nothing. Olamide Zacchaeus. I mean, you you couldn't even keep uh, the kid who signed in in Tampa Bay, Russell Gage. Russell Gage. Yeah. You couldn't even keep Russell Gage. You're in for a world of hurt if you are Marcus Mariota going into that environment. So as you're doing your mock drafts for them, if you mock a quarterback to Atlanta early, like just be ready for for Mariota to to fall on the sword this year and play. So it's finally time to talk about the bottom tier of the NFC quarterbacks. Well, we have to at least acknowledge that these players exist. And for some of them, for some of them, like – they have a great opportunity to get out of this bottom tier. You think about a guy like Justin Fields in Chicago, yes. where I have a lot of questions yes. about how things are being built up around him, but he has the physical skill to enter the top tiers of this conference. I think about you know, Daniel Jones. He'll certainly have his best chance with Brian Dable and that offense. And, you know, look, I know that it's not been a great situation for him, but he has a chance to maybe climb out of this tier with a good season. It's, it's up to him, right? He'll have that opportunity. But as we look at this bottom tier, Kyle, for me, it's it's Justin Fields, it's Daniel Jones, it's Sam Darnold from the Carolina Panthers, and it's Drew Locke with the Seattle Seahawks or Jacob Eason, whatever, insert current Seahawks quarterback. Yeah, so I have those four, but I also have Mariota in that bucket as well, half because of his struggles at the end of his tenure with Tennessee, half because of the environment that he's stepping into in Atlanta. So you have six tiers. I have five tiers of NFC quarterbacks. And I guess what, to bring this conversation full circle and and come back to the influx and rookie talent that we potentially have a chance to see come into this conference, you have Detroit at two, 
Carolina at six, Seattle at nine, Atlanta at mm-hmm. eight. I mean, those are tier four and tier five quarterbacks for me, and they're somewhere between four tier four and tier six for you for the quarterbacks that exist there. If you are going to get the run, this is the teams that make sense, it seems like, in both of our minds, to be interested in, in entertaining this heavy decision at the top of the draft, despite the status that we perceive this year's quarterback class to have. Yeah. That's why in my latest mock draft, I did that. I had a quarterback go to the Lions, Panthers, and Falcons, because look at what we're dealing with here. And you could definitely insert Seattle into this mix. And then there's this one big question kind of hanging over all of it. Why wouldn't one of these teams want to trade for Baker Mayfield? Dollars. Dollars and cents is the only reason why. Now, if Cleveland jumps on the cash and they seem to not have any problem flushing money down the toilet, um, perhaps that's 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 a Browns joke, by the way. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, make it a good one. We'll talk with you guys again next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.